Iowa everywhere. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Chris Williams Chris Chris Hassel Two guys named Chris Presented by Fairway Meat and Grocery From the Channel Seed Studios This is Iowa Everywhere Channel Seed Seedsmanship at work Good morning. Welcome to Two Guys Named Chris here on Iowa Everywhere. We are presented, as always, by our friends at Fairway Meat and Grocery in the Channel Seed Studios. It is Thursday, November the 2nd. Big college football weekend coming up. Massive game in Ames. And more drama, controversy, whatever you want to call it, surrounding the University of Iowa. My name is Chris Williams, joined, as always, by Chris Hassel. So we have a lot to get to. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brian Ferentz has been shown the door eventually. <laughs> There's the door. That's the door you'll be going through and not coming back. But you're not going to go through that door until the season's over. we got all that to break down. Uh, we've got all of our great Thursday segments. We'll do our kitchen refresh segment. And uh, cheers to the freaking weekend. I could use a Steeple Ridge bourbon this second. These damn oh, yeah? kids. It's just kids in the morning, man. Now what? It's just so hard to get them up to school and get back here by eight thirty. It is such a it is such a bear every Monday. A lot of people calling you out in the comments for being late. Uh, I I'm not not denying anything. Hey, um, let's start with Iowa because uh, we really haven't heard from you, Hassel. We saw you we saw you on social media. When this news broke, right after our show, actually on on Monday, um, it, it has developed a little bit since then. Kirk Ferentz put out a statement late last night. That it wasn't he, really a statement, as it. I thought the most interesting thing was the what he said in the on, on the radio show with Dolph, which right? was, Did, and didn't they take the comments from him and kind of put it into statement form? I mean, he basically said, "I'm not." People might be hoping I'm going somewhere. I didn't want to give you the false hope. I'm 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 not going anywhere. Is basically what he said to boil it down. Was he talking directly to you? I think so. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's a lot to get to because we, I we haven't spoken since um, Monday's show and since all this news broke with Brian. You guys did a great job. Uh, you and Miller on the podcast Monday. I listened to all that, and you know I've given my two cents on social media. I, I think it's it was a step that needed to be made. Timing's a little odd. I also think it's a little odd that he's going to coach the rest of the season. I'm not saying it's wrong. I just think um, it's a little odd. Usually, when an offensive coordinator is done, they're done. Um, but also, I think the bottom line here is. Nothing really is going to change unless Kirk Ferentz allows it to. 
And if Kirk Ferentz is coming back, he's going to make that next hire. And is he going to really let this new person come in and and put his own fingerprints all over this offense? I doubt it. So that that's kind of the Reader's Digest version of of my thoughts on this whole thing. But I do I do like what Beth Getz and President Barbara Wilson have done, and do what Kirk Ferentz refused to do. And move on from an offensive coordinator that's been a a total failure. And this is this is as much a reflection on Kirk as it is. Um, uh, I, I think it's mo- I think it's mostly Kirk's fault that this happened. I really don't think Brian is the one just running a hundred percent of this offense or even eighty well, percent of this offense. You know, this is why nepotism laws exist. Exactly, and that's why. Beth Getz is the one that had to make this decision. There are former players out there that are all upset. What does she know about football? How could she be the one making this decision on a, on a coach? Well, that's the way it, it was put into the contract. That's how Iowa skirted around the nepotism laws is they made Brian Ferentz report directly to the athletic director. And with Gary Barta there, nothing was really going to happen. But now with Beth Getz and clearly with the president, Barbara Wilson, Things did happen, and then this this needed to happen. Make make no mistake. Can I? I want to dive right into my kitchen refresh, and because mm-hmm. I, I do want to get to the game at, at some point. I want to give a shout out to our friends at Kitchen Refresh Iowa dot com. Well, hey, if you looked at if you've looked at um, mortgage rates, you're not buying a new house right now. I'll tell you that right now. And if you've tried to price new cabinets, they are insanely expensive. Expensive. Give my guys a at Kitchen Refresh a call, or you can just visit them, check it out, what they're doing, kitchenrefreshiowa.com. I'll show you step-by-step exactly what they're doing to my kitchen once they get started on it. It is a cool process where they can completely change everything you got going on there without having to tear out the guts of what your your cabinets are. So my, my thing, Chris, is I understand the aspect of making the move now and announcing it only in this sense because of recruiting in the transfer portal, you have to be able to sell some sort of hope to offensive prospects. And they, these kids aren't, or these players aren't stupid. They know that Iowa's offense has been a punchline for going on two and a half years now. Right? Like they, so if you, if you don't make a, a move, like all the tampering and transfer portal stuff has started up already. So by them getting out in front of it and saying, this guy's not coming back, we're going to make changes on offense, it gives you a shot to be able to stave off some of that negativity. But However, if, I'm a, if, I'm a, if I'm a player, if I'm a, if I'm a parent of a kid, I'm saying, really? Are you going to make changes on offense? <laughs> Correct. But this is what they're thinking. This is what they're trying to do. I, 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 from that aspect, I understand why you fire him now. Here's what I don't get. They had a bye week. They had an entire bye week to make this move. They make the announcement on Monday, and it complete it, it creates a complete distraction for the game coming up on Saturday against Northwestern. I've been told there were some sort of negotiations, chatter going on behind the scenes, which whatever, I get it. But like, when's the last time you fired somebody and you're like, well, we are open to negotiations, though. Like, that's just not how it works. Well, and that's they, the problem. Why did they do this during this the bye week? Nepotism stuff. I, I from from what I've heard from people who know, 
for people who have from people who actually have sources inside this thing is that they were trying to get this done earlier rather than later. They did start on this on the bye week for whatever reason it didn't come through and get out there until this week. And that, that that's kind of my, my first reaction was, okay, why now? That's so weird. If you're going to make a move, why now? But if he's staying, why does it matter? Just like, to get it, like, how much different would this have would, been had it, had it happened last week instead of, uh, instead of this week? If I don't he's staying know. anyway. I, I, I don't know, but it would have been better. Because how much Maybe slightly? You, nobody gives a shit about this game now. Right? Like, in the, the whole... Here's my thing. This is what drives me nuts about this. You read the releases, and, you, and everybody talks about, oh, we want what's best for our student-athletes. It's all about the student-athletes. If you want what's best for the student-athletes, this would have been done at least a year ago. This has never been about the student-athletes. Now, in their mind, well, they may think Kirk that. If Ferentz it's really about the student-athletes, that- you, don't, you don't do it on game week. But Kirk, you know, well, and that's what Kirk Ferentz is going to argue. He, he's going to argue that it's better for the student athletes if Brian Ferentz continues as offensive coordinator, and nothing like this happens during the season. That's what Kirk Ferentz is going to argue. And I wouldn't. And he's right, by the way. The problem is the recruiting thing. Like in their mind, they're trying to be able to sell hope to some of these some of these transfers and stuff. And and I'm for what it's worth, I agree with you. It's like if I'm a dad of a transfer quarterback like I'm not I'm not sending them to Iowa regardless of who Kirk Ferentz brings in but they're trying to stave that off is what I, I think if I'm getting in the mind of the administration at Iowa that's what they're trying to do here you think that they're thinking like that I, I don't well I hope I mean that's I'm thinking like logically like I'm looking at the timeline what everybody's saying that's that's what i Logically, that's what makes the most sense here is the reason to do it now. Because if not, didn't like why aren't you? Why are you letting him coach? Like if it's truly I like think, we think this guy is terrible. Mm-hmm. Well, one that would have been done a long time ago. But two, why are you letting him coach the rest of the year? Somebody else can't come in and call plays better than Brian Ferentz has. And that—that's what I don't really. This needed to happen. Should have happened long ago. Glad it happened now. But the one thing I would have changed is. Brian should be done now. Kirk should be forced to figure something else out right now. Maybe give someone a little bit of an audition Mm -hmm. to being an offensive coordinator for next season if you're thinking on the staff. Because what good does it do to have a lame duck calling the offensive plays? Now, I don't know if they made this move thinking about the transfer portal and NIL. I think they made this move because they're embarrassed. They're they're sick of being a national punchline. They know that this is a major um, distraction nationally this season, and it's going to be the rest of the season because you you're gonna you're gonna have all of these national people counting down until Brian Ferentz is officially eliminated because he doesn't reach the twenty five point mark. You're going to have more fire Brian chants inside Kinnick Stadium. And now doing this, I think that does soften the blow a little bit. National media is no longer doing the 325 count. And I, you're not going to get these chants in the stadium. In fact, I think it might go the other way, honestly. 
I think now that it's officially going to be over, that there won't be as much vitriol from the fans directed at Brian Ferentz. I agree with you on that. I just, again, like if it's if this guy is so bad at his job, and we're looking out for the student athletes, then why are why are you letting it go? The rest of the year, I whatever it 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 really doesn't matter. I just like my whole thing is the my big kicker was do it during the freaking bye week. Nobody's even talked about this game, and frankly, I'm a little bit worried about it for Iowa. Why is that? Well, I mean, it's it's been such a distraction. Now, I say that without any knowledge of what has happened in the middle of that program throughout the week. They didn't make players available to the media, which is completely understandable. I think. Yep, in, in I, I had no problem with that. Yeah, I, I I understand why he he wouldn't because we didn't even know what Kirk was gonna say, let alone. You put Nico Ragiini out there, who, <laughs> right, dropping uh-huh. f bombs. I I get it. Like, totally understand why Kirk Ferentz would do that this week. I just, it's just been a, ma- a massive distraction. Now, they, maybe they'll go out there and steamroll them because they're pissed. Or sometimes I, teams I no rally around this sort of thing. Yeah, which is very and, possible. And I this was Williams. This was already such a huge distraction. You're right. You're right. I don't know how much more of a distraction it really is now. In fact, I think this this kind of puts to bed a lot of the distraction. So and now you Iowa can, wins out, goes ten and two, and plays. I'm not saying 10. that. <laughs> I am interested to see like will anything change? Will will Kirk Ferentz kind of pull back the reins a little bit and allow Brian to? My God, show off. What happens if Iowa? Averages thirty points a game the rest of the way, goes ten and two to the Big Ten title game, puts up a fight. Can you can you rehire? That's Brian one Ferentz? of the problems with making this move and not showing him the door right now, allowing him to go the rest of the season. I am interested too that what's what's what what's wild and I'm I'm more fascinated in the behind the scenes stuff. I've always told people I'm. Often in sports, I'm more interested in everything else beside the game. And because recruiting's really picking up right now with the portal and everything behind the mm-hmm. scenes. And Brian was integral, from what I understand, in a lot of that last year and working with the collective and, and doing all those things. I wonder what their game plan is. And I, I don't know, but that, that makes it really kind of awkward yeah. when he was, in a way, I know that it's not his title, but we always saw the pictures of Kirk and Brian on their plane at these, you know, visiting these transfers and doing all this stuff. I wonder administratively behind the scenes how Iowa is going to tackle that. It is fascinating. I would love to see it. Just as we've said, I, I'd love to see what's going on in that in that practice, in those practices. I would love to see, like, what's the, what's the messaging? Because Kirk Ferentz is still in control of the messaging. And what's he going to say? What is he saying right now to his recruiting director? Like, okay. Well, how do you recruit offensive players if they don't even know who their coordinator and like? Well, that's you know, what I'm this saying. Isn't new. Other people are going to fire their coordinators. I, I get that. Yeah, but, but I is, think any other team would say the the head coach. If this happens, usually the head coach makes the decision. Yeah, the head coach is going to say we're going to bring in somebody that does this, this, and this. Great point. We're going to go get somebody great. What's Kirk Ferentz going to say? Well, I didn't want to 
I, I, I wanted Brian to come back. I thought he did a good job. We'll hopefully be able to find somebody that can do something similar to him. Again, nothing is going to change here offensively unless Kirk Ferentz allows it to. Unless Kirk yeah. Ferentz says, you know what? God damn it. I only have a few years left. Let's let's open this thing up a little bit. Let's go in a different direction. But do you really <clears throat> excuse me? Do you really see that happening? Don't you think Kirk is going to go with someone who's in his wheelhouse and someone that he can control? Yes. And it it's just there's not so a lot what's of the difference men going, going on seventy years old who are like, hey, let's change everything up. Like it's mm-hmm. just the reality of human nature. Can I ask a quick question? So mm-hmm. wasn't that the plan when they brought Cade McNamara, McNamara in, though, was to like open it up a little bit? Now we've got a dynamic quarterback who can make plays. Wasn't that the plan until no. he, maybe he got hurt and then they scaled things back? You don't think so? I, I open think it up? No, hell no. They would not, not open not it up. Not fully open it up, but be a little bit they, more creative I, on offense. I think no, they I, sold I, those guys a bag of rocks. I don't Matt. think they were going to be any more creative. I, I, I don't. I, I just they, think that they thought that because if they had a better player... If they had better, it's a better their passer, scheme. a better pass catcher, yes, they would work better in their scheme, right? I think they went into that Caleb Brown's living room, and I think they sold him a bag of rocks. I think they told him, there's no way that kid would sign up to go to Iowa knowing how he would be used. There's no way Kirk Ferentz would blow smoke up these kids' asses. I really don't believe that. Now, are the other people blowing smoke? Maybe in hopes that Kirk Ferentz will change? All right, then they must be paying really well because I just don't know why any offensive skill player that's not it's not a tight end would sign up. I'm to go with there, you. Right? It makes no sense. I'm with you. If they were if they were honest and said, "Hey, look at our offense the last couple years, Caleb." And we want you to be Nico Ragini. Okay, we want you to take that role. Do you think that this four-star kid from Ohio State, like, no. like yeah, sign me up right now, man. I'm I'm down. No, no way. That's the thing. Like, you can sell hope. Like when you make changes and you do all this stuff. So hopefully, can you they, though? Oh, I, I mean, I, that's the whole point. That's generally why you do it, right? How is Iowa selling hope right now? If Kirk Ferentz is staying, they've if got Kirk to, is staying, how are you the way selling you hope, sell hope to an offensive player? They're not right now. The way you sell hope is you have to go out and actually get a real offensive mind who Kirk is going to hand over the reins to. The problem is, if you're that offensive mind, why would you go coach for Kirk Ferentz? And Kirk Ferentz, if you're not going to allow your own son to take over and do what he wants... Are you really going to allow the next person to do that after your son was just shown the door by someone above you? I don't think so. Hmm. And do you really, honestly, this is, I've been thinking about this the last day or so, and I'm not going to suggest that Kirk Ferentz would ever do this willingly. But if you're Kirk Ferentz, your son just got fired for leading one of the worst offenses we've ever seen, maybe the worst offense ever. What's the upside for you you and your son if you bring someone great in here 
allow him to do whatever he wants, and all of a sudden the offense is humming. How does that look for your son? Right? Yeah, I, I'm with you. I don't think Kirk would I don't it either. that way. I but. don't either. I'm not suggesting he would. I'm just saying that's how it's going to look. Oh, I, if but they I bring someone else in who's who's all of a sudden it's working. I absolutely though believe that those guys are sitting around because I just know coaches. I don't know them very well, but I know coaches. But compare it to Iowa State basketball. Take my bias out of it, okay? Like when they're sitting around winning games in the 40s and 50s, <laughs> and people are bitching. I guarantee those guys are sitting around. Well, we st- we're still winning. You can criticize us all we want. We're still winning. If they're they're six and two, they should be seven and one right now. Mm-hmm. Like those guys are sitting around going, "These fucking idiots." Well, Kirk Ferentz basically did that in his press conference. Mm-hmm. I I truly truly believe too, and I don't think it's like oh he's a bad human. He's trying to manipulate people. I think that they have been reluctant to change quarterbacks because of the noise. I truly believe that. Because I, I can't think of any other reason why Deacon Hill will be starting at quarterback that's, on Saturday. That's, that's what's kind of been lost in, in all these shenanigans and the big news from uh, Beth Getz in firing Brian Ferentz is they are still going with Deacon Hill. Not only are they still going with him, Kirk Ferentz says again, Deacon Hill is the clear number one. Clear. Big Deke. Big Deke energy. How does Joey Labus just not, I'm glad he's not quitting, but like me at that age, (laughs) I'm out, man. No chance I'm sticking through this. You would walk. Right across the hall to that priest dorm room and say, listen, listen, father, I'm out. What what could possibly be wrong with Joey Labus in practice that would not just not just keep him from getting a chance on Saturday, but for Kirk Ferentz to say that Deacon Hill is still clearly the number one. What is going on? You suggested maybe picking Dandelions. Yeah, I think he's the kid, and I have it from experience. Van Winkle coaches as well. He's kicking rocks over in the corner. He's always screwing around. Oh, blowing the dandelion seeds everywhere. I know this kid. Is he just the only excuse to not play Joey Labus? Is he not even showing up? Like, is he not even there? doesn't come to practice maybe he has a he has a class conflict and so he doesn't practice so Kirk can't see him in practice <laughs> he's got an internship maybe maybe he's just going up to Kirk saying look man this offense is so bad I don't even want to play I don't even want to be a part of it I don't think I could help it so just go ahead keep Deacon out there yeah do me a favor I'll just continue to be the, the most popular backup in the country Labus says Keep me on the bench if you don't mind, if you have any respect for me at all, because I want to transfer after the year, and I know if I go and play in your horseshit offense, it's going to do nothing but deteriorate my stats. Please <laughs> just keep me out of the game so I can actually find a landing spot after this season. I'm just thinking of 
possible excuses here. Maybe Kirk's trying to protect him. Is it possible he bet on football? And he's ineligible. I'm kidding. kidding. I'm kidding. (laughs) But, like, I'm searching. Searching. Has he already said, look, I'm going after this season no matter what? But why would he do that? Why would he do that? It doesn't make any sense. Why would he do that? I just wouldn't think too hard about it. Look what he's doing with the offensive coordinator position. He won't make a move there. He's yeah. not going to make a move at quarterback. He's I just know. so stubborn. You're right. I agree. And that's why I don't think there's much hope for this new offensive coordinator. What? Why are we to believe that this is going to change anything? Did you see my tweet last night? What? No, I don't Ferentz think so. needs to go out and hire my guy Hal Mummy. Yeah, right. This never never happened. Go and from if he zero did, to 100, baby. Let's go. Ference would only hi- hire him if he agreed to let Ference oversee Hell everything. How about me? Guy who notoriously throws like 90, per- 90, 90% of the time, all of a sudden shows up at Iowa. You know, and they're, this is they're what, in the power eye formation. So I've got, I've, I still have the placenta edibles book next to me. Oh, lovely. I, I'm just going to show you like what Kirk Ference will do when he's bringing in a new offensive coordinator. New offensive coordinator will come in and he'll have, I don't know what, 15 pages of ideas of plays. And Kirk's like, great, love it, awesome. All right. Okay. Hal Mummy. I'm going to, okay, I don't want that. I don't want. I don't want that. Uh, you know, this is this is just that's too crazy for me. Um, right? He, yeah. You know what? The guts of this thing. Nope. Nope. What you're left with is this: a flimsy, see-through DIY placenta edibles playbook with nothing on it but conservativeness. Some good prop acting out of you this morning, Christopher. Somebody worked hard on that book, and you just defaced <laughs> <Yeah>. it. You... <laughs> there it is. Iowa's new playbook. Three pages. But you know that's going to happen, right? Like, guy comes in with all these ideas. Sure, great, awesome. You can use two of them. Maybe. Depending on how our new punter is... After Tory Taylor leaves, that's all. Honestly, that's a whole other conversation. Who's the next punter? How many games is that that's guy won scary. for Iowa? Honestly, think about that. That's scary. I had a coach, a D one college football coach, not named Matt Campbell. I can promise you. Tell me that he thinks Tory Taylor is the most underrated player in college football based on how many wins he's delivered Iowa during mm. his career. And how I the defense has often had to make stops and do things after that. The amount of times that guy has done that dirty work. Who is their backup punter? Who's the next guy? I don't know. That's the thing, Williams. That's why fans are so upset because you, you look at how elite the defense and special teams have been the last three seasons. And you've Almost wasted all of it. I'm not going to say you wasted it because you've still had some. Yeah, 
you still put up some wins, okay? Even though they haven't really beaten anybody any good, except for three years ago or two, whenever that was when they beat Penn State, and then everything, God, they hit the fan. I'll never forget that game. When that but Clifford goes out, and then that quarterback like couldn't even get a snap off in Kinnick. That was the crazy. And Iowa was ranked like number three in the country after that win, weren't they? Or t- I think two. They were two yeah. in the country, and then it all unraveled. I remember and then our I, buddy. I don't know what happened? <laughs> I remember talking about that on KXNO with Andrew Downs, who's uh, we're going to talk about him at some point. But it was such a weird feeling because every Iowa fan knew. You guys weren't the second best team in the country. Well, it's like, yeah. That number is next to us. It's there. Right. And then Purdue came in and just put us in a coffee can that very next week. <laughs> and it's been it, it's been shitty ever since, really, offensively. But you still have this great defense, this great special teams, this uh, the most famous punter in the world, as Iowa put it. Do you think – so let's say Iowa makes it to the Big Ten title game. Do you think Jim Harbaugh will even send that Navy SEAL to steal your guys' <laughs> signals on offense? That's funny. Um, he wouldn't need to. He doesn't need to. If they what line if? up in this formation, I was with um, – we went up with uh, – uh, I'm not going to name names, but a former Iowa State defensive player was telling Brent me – Brent Curvey? No, but they were telling me – so this was like 10, 15 years ago, so totally different offense than now. But they always knew this is when they had success against Iowa in the McCarney era, that if Iowa – they knew if the linebacker – if the running back was eight yards behind the center, it was a run. If it was six yards behind the center, it was a pass. They had tipped it off all the way back then. And, and now – you know, that, that piece Doctorman put out, though, like, mm-hmm. if, if you're an Iowa fan and you haven't read that piece, it's all you need to know, guys. Quit talking about your O-line. Quit talking about your receivers. It's the scheme. That's it. We should move on. Wait, real quick, real quick. I was just on Twitter and saw that the verified Heisman Trophy account did an interview with Tory Taylor. Did you see this? No. That's great. Their first interview with the punter. Wonderful. He deserves it. He He's does great. deserve it. Incredible at his craft. Unfortunately, the Heisman now. I mean, how, how ridiculous is this? Like, Marvin Harrison Jr. isn't even really in contention so for the Heisman stupid. Trophy. So stupid. He should be number one right now. Like, if, Ma- if, Michael Penix is number one. Washington's been terrible the last two weeks. He's been horrible. If, you, if DeGene's... If that kick return, the punt return counts, he should absolutely be in Heisman contention based on those two kick returns, period. If that counts, I think, I don't think this whole Brian Ferentz thing happens. No, you're right. That's, isn't that ironic? All right, you want to move on. What's going on? Let's, uh, real quick, I want to thank our, hey, real quick, I, I get to fly a drone tomorrow. Matty Van Wink, oh, so are you going to come out and watch me fly the drone? Uh, what Over, time? I'll be like around. Four, four o'clock. RV okay. lots, Iowa State. Daddy's... I will be on campus. You should fly the drone over campus and come find me. Yeah, our buddies at Terraplex, they got uh, clearance. They got FAA clearance. We're ready to roll. Please. Okay. Next week, work on a different clearance. Have Terraplex meet you over there in Iowa City. Strap a camera to that bad boy. 
and fly that some bitch over Iowa's practice. And We're let's just going to lock in on Labus. <laughs> let's see what Joey Labus is doing. Okay. Uh, what a thanks for playing, at- playing jacks in the corner. Channel seed as well, and then at Fairway. So I'm actually picking up a a shit ton of meat from Fairway tomorrow. We're having Meat Fest. Me and my buddies. Yeah, Meat Fest. We do it once a year. Where we buy as much protein as humanly possible. (laughs) And we just eat meat all day. Just a big old sausage party. Oh, my. And we'll just a a bunch of dudes hanging around eating meat. We're going to have two smokers going starting tomorrow. Brisket, ribs, and where this is at Iowa State. You're doing bacon. This? Yeah, we're doing it in the air, in the fair, not in the fairway lot, in the RV lot at my camper. It's going to be epic. We're going to have so much. Last year we 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 had like forty some pounds of meat. We're looking for like seventy pounds of meat this year. Just meat everywhere. What kind of meat you want? We got it. Nope. My wife was like, "What do we need for sides? No sides. We only eat meat." This is protein only. No sides? None. It's all meat. If you bring a side, we're kicking you out. If you want to bring some meat from Fairway, you're welcome. I, my wife made some nice crumbled up hamburger last night for dinner. That's welcome. It's protein. Did you season it? A little bit, but I don't need much seasoning. Like I, I I'm a made right guy. Like it it the grease seasons it. Just give me some. Just give me some crumbled up hamburger on a plate with some white rice and broccoli. Oh, there's Amanda Guerra for Halloween, dressed up as me. Somehow ended up looking like Elliot Page. <laughs> so when I saw this, do you know who Elliot Page is, Williams? No. Elliot Page is the Van is that, Wink. Is that the actor from Juno? Yes, who became a man. <laughs> but Van Wink, go find a picture of I've Elliot seen. Page and and pull it up and put it next to Amanda dressed as me. That's what she looks like. She made a huge batch of loose meat, brought it into the office with a bunch of buns, like these artisan buns, mustard, and pickle. There it is. <laughs> I was thinking all day, like, who does she look like? She looks like somebody. <laughs> Not me, though. When it's Elliot Page. <laughs> That's epic. When I saw this picture, I thought she was trying to be Brian Ferentz for a minute. I thought she was trying to be like, <laughs> I had no idea she was trying to be you until you told me that. Oh, yeah. That's great. She, and she has the cover girl makeup and everything. It was it was hilarious. <laughs> and the, you know what? The loose meat sandwich was pretty good. Like, she she put the she put onions in there with it. It's pretty damn good. I can't hear you say loose meat without thinking of Zobble. Loose meat sandwich. Just Jim Zobble. Oh, shit. That's funny. It is. Well, how did we get to that again? What were you talking about? Um, I don't know. I was just talking about our sponsors. Oh, I was really? talking about my meat fest. We're going to have meat fest. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's what it was. Uh, biggest game for Iowa State in a really long time. Yeah, yeah, I, was, I wanted to ask you. Biggest game since when? Um, well, you probably have to go back to... 
Maybe I, I was thinking Purdy's senior season when Iowa came to town with college game day, right? I was going to say the same thing. When Iowa State started the season in the top 10. Yeah. And Iowa came to town and Iowa State totally shit the bed. Yeah. I think this Be- is the biggest game Iowa State has had since that. Since that I would week. agree. When, that you was the argue, Ashton Kutcher uh, yeah. game day guest picker, right? The curse. I, I, you could probably make an argument that there was a Big Twelve game that year that would be, but my point is the wind kind of was out of the sail right. after the Iowa game. Right. Wait, uh, Van Wink, pull up the schedule from that season, the twenty-one season for Iowa State, and let let's look at the games after that because I I agree with you, Williams. I I felt like that was such a beatdown, and fans were so dejected, and the bar was so high. Yeah, because it's like any of the playoff talk and all that stuff was just gone. And you factor right, so the, in the following dates. week, went to UNLV, had a good time. They lost. Then that went to Baylor, Baylor and was, lost. So, yeah, I th- I think you're probably right. I you did have that win over a top ten Oklahoma State team to get to three and one in conference play. But you were going into that game, you were four and two overall, two and one in conference. And then after that, you lose to West Virginia. You did beat Texas, but I remember that Texas game. That was a it was a good win, but like I don't remember that being like a super but, hyped up game or anything. But all of your goals and like what you wanted yeah. were already well, gone. Unless you ask Matt Campbell, because yeah, someone did. Met, if, and I'm he talking said, no, for fans. All of our goals are still out there. Our goal and our only goal at the start of the year is to be the best version of ourselves at the end of the season. The most together Iowa State team in history. I'll never forget that. Okay, so biggest game, we think. Since September since, 11th, 2021. Yep, over two years. Sold out. It's homecoming. I'm jealous. I'd love to be there. I really would. I'm going to be at Georgia, Missouri this week. I'd, I'd love to be calling this game. I do like my, my quick rundown of this. I like Iowa State's spot. I like the fact that Kansas just beat Oklahoma and those Kansas students were just going crazy, throwing goalposts into lakes. Going you know up with yell in the face yeah. of the Oklahoma You know these players. guys have been walking around Lawrence all week long and being told how great they are. They're legends. Um, <laughs> another thing that I like for Iowa State, when I've really broken this thing down, is that this seems to be a different Kansas team on the road this year. Their defense, here's a stat for you that I found. Kansas's defense at home has forced it was either twelve or thirteen turnovers. On the road, they've only forced one this year. So they clearly are a different team on the road. Mm-hmm. And I also I you know what, Chris, I, I think that all of us in the media maybe overplayed the Jason Bean thing. I went back and really watched that game and he wasn't that good. He completed forty six percent of his passes, he threw two picks. It's more it about was, him as a runner than anything. Yeah, and it was their entire running game. So they've got two running backs that are really – they probably have the best two running backs like as far as like a package goes in the Big 12. And their defense stepped up and made plays. When it, That, to me, what that was what that game was more about now that I went back and really watched it. So mm-hmm. Bean is probably, you know, six to eight. As far as Big Twelve quarterbacks, probably not even that. Probably eight. Have to we 10. gotten word? Is he is is, is going to be Bean again? 
Yeah, or is there I any chance so. Daniels comes back? I haven't seen anything that would make me believe that Daniels will be out there. So, like, I like this spot, but Iowa State has a key injury in the secondary. We're going to have to wait and see because that secondary, that defense is different when those safeties are out. We're going to have to wait and see his status. But I, I'm leaning to pick Iowa State to win this game, though, because just the way it sets up, I feel like night, Campbell and night game is lights out. Mm. Stats are unbelievable. They don't lose much in night games with him. Black uniforms to, going all blacks? I have not heard. I would assume. I think so, too. I would assume so, Matt. You got you RG3 have inside in information there. on the uh, on campus there. You're you're very locked into the Iowa State University. Have you heard anything about the uniforms? I haven't heard yet. I just know BCB will be on the field, so we'll see. Who the hell is BCB? Brock Purdy, Big Cock Brock. Thank oh, you, thank okay. you. I've so we'll see. Maybe they'll let him make the maybe they'll let him make the decision. I bet he's I bet he's uh, in Ames now. Wait, he's already come crawling back to Iowa State. Every, his NFL career is toast. <laughs> now he's crawling back. Wants a. To be honest, this has been in the works for a long time. I know it has, and I'm just yeah. kidding. I, I don't believe that. I just give you guys shit. Like you're I just think being, Brock Purdy is inner Don. Yeah, inner Don. I've got I've got a little Don Hassel in me. I mean, a lot of it. I mean, I, I'm That's basically fine. him. That's I cool would make the same back. joke about Iowa quarterbacks if you guys could get one in the NFL. <laughs> That's good. That's good. So, didn't you already make a prediction though on your on your little Bloom podcast? Uh, no, we don't. We don't really do picks because it's on Wednesday. What are you talking you about? So every time, every time I get pissed because we do the show on Thursday, and I say, "God damn it, we didn't do a prediction." No, I do my game. picks on Fridays, and Van Wink is always like, "Oh, he did it on the podcast with Bloom already." No, I said the same thing with him yesterday that I, I think Iowa State will win, and I'm going to lean. Probably a little lower scoring than people think. I don't think this is a game played in the 40s. Uh, let's go Iowa State 27 to 20. Isn't that's like exactly the score I predicted last week against Baylor for Iowa State? Mm. How, what, what's Actually, the weather looking like? 31 to 23. 31 23 Iowa State? Weather's going to be great. High of what's 60. Amber uh, Alexander be... saying? What? High of 60? Really? Yeah. Oh, but it's a night yeah. game, so it won't. Yeah, it'll probably be in the 40s, mid-40s or so. so it's going to be chilly. How about the that's wind? That's respectable in November, though. Is we'll it going to be windy? So no. Circa has it as a two-and-a-half point favor, uh, favorite in favor of Iowa State. 52-and-a-half is the over-under. Wait a second. So, so Williams is like, it's not going to be as high score as most people think it's going to be. I got what? the final 38-30. <laughs> no. So I'm right at the number. Right around there. How come nobody said anything to me today about my new straw? Because I don't give a shit about your straw. What? So you went away okay, from the Chris, metal straw. What's going your on with your plastic new straw? now? Plastic straw. So I've decided. Yeah, I've been getting a lot of heat for using metal straws on the program. Really? Yeah. People think I'm uh, just a real, you know, like I don't know. I don't know what the word for it, but like. I refuse to use plastic straws. Not the case. Plastic. And the main reason I did it, the metal straw was making noise. You know? It makes noise. It clinks around in there. I hate it when I can hear people drinking or eating on a show. Hate it. Who who watches this show 
and is like focused on your straws. Like that's just bizarre to me. I've gotten a lot of messages about. No, that. I'm not doubting you. It's just it's weird to me that like a human would be like, I'm going to watch this show for entertainment purposes, and like that's what I'm focused on today. Well, if you're watching it, you can't help but notice certain things. People are going to notice. People notice that your camera, your shitty camera, focuses on your microphone and not you. So you get the soft balance, the soft, the the soft deal on your face. When are you going to get a new camera anyway? You look like shit. <laughs> I do need a new. So I I should try one. Whatever. This is off. Let's get back to the game. What's your pick? Iowa, Iowa State, Kansas, then we'll go back to Iowa. And then you got to do a kitchen refresh on the Cyclones, too. Look, see, there it is. Ms. Bloom, Crystal, says, I totally noticed his straw use and noted it's because he's high maintenance. A lot of people notice these things, Williams. You got you to gotta start paying attention. Like, I'll do things in a podcast on camera, and you don't even notice. I don't care. You don't even see. I I could deep throat this microphone and you would just keep going. Prove it. Deep throat the microphone right now. Do it. I want to see this. Uh, Quit talking a big game and not following up. Deep throat the microphone, Hassel. Um, Put your lips around that cylinder microphone and go. (laughs) I'm not going to do that. Not today. Maybe another day. I think Iowa State does win this game. I, I think this is, if you're looking at the most winnable games the rest of the way for Iowa State, I think this is the most winnable. I think this is more winnable than the game at BYU next week. I don't I think, think that's a bad take. I think you're right in that this is a perfect spot with Kansas coming off that monumental win, feel rush, everybody's feeling themselves. It's it's a night game. I know you're looking at the comments. <laughs> Just don't look at it. I got to get don't, rid of them. Don't look at them. Don't look at anything about my Keep job. Keep analyzing the game. <laughs> I think Iowa State wins a tight game. I don't think it's going to be as high scoring as you think it is. I'm going to go 24-21 Iowa State to get to 5-1 and one in the Big 12. 5-1. and one. And then heading on the road. That's going to be really interesting next week. They go 5-1 and one into BYU for a 10-15 Eastern time kickoff. Clones Damn. after dark, baby. Oh, yeah. Well, oh, and now, now I got to go to my refresh, right? Yeah, and then we got to do Iowa picks before we move on. Okay. Oh, shit. I forgot Iowa was even playing. Yeah, that's my whole point. It's a freaking distraction. They should have done it last week, but whatever. We don't, no, we're not even talking about the game. Okay, my kitchen refresh, and we don't have to spend a lot of time on this, but it was a, it was the hot topic on social media last night. The, the new Big 12 schedule is out. And there are protected rivals, but Iowa State doesn't have one, which means in 2027, the longest-running, continuous game in major college football is ending. There will not be an Iowa State-Kansas State game. And look, coming from an Iowa fan, I honestly, I didn't even know that Iowa State-Kansas State was much of a rivalry. I didn't. But clearly, this is important to fans. There were so many Iowa State fans upset about this. 
that I think Jamie Pollard needs to go to the Big 12 and say, can we get one more protected game? Can we just protect the Kansas State game? Now, in response to a fan, he said that Kansas State doesn't see it as, as a rivalry like maybe Iowa, Iowa State fans do. So is, is reading between the lines, is, did Kansas State say, we don't want to protect it? Because I think, at least in the Big Ten, I think both teams had to say, we want to protect this for it to be protected. Kansas State protected Kansas. Well, Maybe Iowa State did want that game protected, and Kansas State said no. The one thing to me that, that stood out to me is, I mean, it's a 16-team league, and there's mm-hmm. only four protected games. So it's not like Yeah, and compare that to what's going on in the Big Ten. Yeah. It's Iowa not... protected three games. So basically and you're still able to I, play I was... everyone. What is it? Every everyone comes in to your building once every four years. Four years. And you go there once every four years. And that yeah. appears to be the same thing the Big Twelve has done, and other than it, not protecting some rivalries. It mm-hmm. feels to me like they're while it's not an every year thing, but Kansas, Kansas State, Oklahoma State, and I think Colorado, Iowa State will play them more than anyone else in this new league over the course of time because they're doing the old Big Eight thing. But not every year. Correct. So it's like three out of every four years. I don't, I didn't have that big of an opinion on it, to be honest, but every, like, social media was hot yesterday. So yeah. clearly they pressed a button. Like, to me, when it came out, I was just like, eh, I get it. Like, if you're Kansas State, like, if you're the Big 12, like, you don't want to give them two protections and then zero for most of the rest of the league. I mean, it's cool that that tradition's lasted so long, but it's not really a rivalry. Is it? I didn't I, think it was. I'll tell you this: people. They're always, they're always important to fans. They're always I think pretty it's, good it's games. Worth trying to keep. Fans are yeah. Fans love it. Fans are hot about it. I can tell you, people inside the athletic department have never thought of Kansas State that way. So, like, that's what's interesting here. I don't, maybe it'll change, but it, and that's what I, you're saying. It's not about what the athletic department thinks in, in this instance. This I don't is, think anything will. This happen. is about the fans. Like, you need it, to give the fans something. I don't think that that'll happen, but we'll see. I don't either. I would love I think to see it's the something game they need to consider tr- trying to keep this going. If there were more protected rivalries, I think there'd be a shot. But like the fact that there's only four out of sixteen teams are that's what makes it think that man, I, they just don't see mm-hmm. it that way. Not they, they but like the conference, and they don't play for a trophy. If they played for a trophy, maybe that would change things. Come on, the need a corn belt and trophy, man. You could do so much cool stuff with that. Yeah, you could. All right, uh, we need to move quickly. We Let's do our top three games of the weekend. Hassel will be in Georgia for Missouri, Georgia on Learfield. Is, is it a night game? No, Day it is game. an afternoon Day. game. So CBS has a triple header starting with Big Ten, Ohio State Rutgers. Then it's my game, Georgia hosting Missouri. Then it's the LSU-Alabama game. Who's going first here for top three? Go for it. All right. Kansas State at Texas. I love this game. Texas yes. is a four-point favorite. Kansas State is rolling right now. Texas is still in the running for the college football playoff. If they can win out, I think there's a good chance they get in, regardless of what happens the rest of the way with Oklahoma. I do think a one-loss Texas is going to get in. Now, certain things have to happen, but 
with a non-conference win at Alabama, it's big. Now, what's going to happen with Malik Murphy again? Like this is a this should be a hotly contested game. I'm I'm looking forward to that one. Uh, number two, <laughs> Notre Dame at Clemson. Notre Dame a Old three Dabo. point favorite in Death Valley. Dabo had the the whole interaction with the fan this week on uh, on the radio show. He is really feeling it right now. What's Clemson four and four? Yeah, they're four and four. Uh, but they at least have. He'd- He's a big believer in Jesus, though, according to that caller. Hey, what would Lou Holtz say to Dabo? Listen, listen here, Dabo. You got you. Well, you're playing Notre Dame, so you know. I I hope you don't turn it around this week. But God is on the side of Notre Dame. We've got touchdown Jesus Christ. What do you have? All you represent is death. You play in Death Valley. And let me promise you this, we're going to kill your asses this weekend. And then I hope you turn it around. I love it because Clemson is really struggling. And, if, man, if they fall to four and five, they lose at home. God. Oh, I'm eating this up. Go and then, Irish. And then my my other top three game of the week. I think this could be the best game of the week in football. Washington. Unbeaten still. The only God, they've looked remaining bad. unbeaten in the Pac-12. Going to USC and Caleb Williams. How many points are going to be scored in this game? A hundred? USC's only a three-point dog. This could be this is like SC's last stand here. If they can win this game, all of a sudden they got a chance to win the Pac-12. Because they, they have two losses overall, but they only have one loss in conference. Mm-hmm. So I think I, that's going to be a really entertaining game. My, my three real quick. Bedlam, the final Bedlam. It's been heated all week. It's been heated. This game's always crazy. Mike Gundy has just been throwing barbs. Him and Bosworth were going back and forth. Like This game's going to be freaking nuts, 2.30. You can watch it right before you go into Jack Trice Stadium. Uh, I'll put LSU at Bama on there because it's got playoff implications, right? And, man, Saban has pulled a rabbit out of his hat again and has Bama right there in the college football playoff category. I kind of feel like LSU's sneaking back. Like, they were the sexy pick early in the year, and then they struggled early. Man, they're they're starting to ascend. And then mm-hmm. I'm interested in Nebraska, Michigan State. Matt rules. you know, I think this is for their sixth win. Uh, Nebraska on the road at Michigan State this week. They've got a pretty good defense, Chris. Uh, blindly play the under in that Black Friday game between the Hawkeyes and the Huskers. But, yeah, I'm I'm just kind of – I've watched Nebraska a couple times the last few weeks, and their defense is really good. Their offense is not. They're, but, they're, and they're dealing with a lot of injuries, too, and yeah, they've still been able to stay afloat with those. Yeah, quietly. They could, this Matt would be their fourth straight job. win. If they could pull this one off. And I think they're going to be favored when Iowa comes to town Black Friday. Feels like it at this point. So there you go. Those are my my three to watch. Um, cheers to the freaking weekend. We are presented, as always, by Steeple Ridge Bourbon. Got my bottle right up there. I should have had it for the uh, for the show today. I'm I'm looking forward to the uh, Meat Fest. There's nothing that goes with I, I'm going to send you pictures of Meat Fest hassle, and you're going to wish that you would have been in Ames just to sit there and sip on Steeple Ridge bourbon with me. Wow. That's your side. 
That's your side, the Steeple Ridge bourbon. You yes. don't need pasta salad or anything like that. No. Tomorrow night, all I'm going to be doing <clears throat> is eating protein and drinking Steeple Ridge bourbon. That's what I'm looking forward to. What about you? What, you going to Athens? You got any restaurants? Anything like that you like in Athens? The last time I was there, we passed a place called the Butt Hut. And it was just the shittiest looking like bar restaurant. Um, I'm not sure where we're going to go. We've got this thing with Marriott that we have to do that's going to get in the way of things. But uh, my cheers to the weekend is the cheers and a farewell to Andrew Downs from the Murph and Andy show, my favorite show. Andrew Downs has been the producer of that show for over 10 years, about, what, 12, 13 years now, I think. Good friend of ours. Met him when I was still working in Des Moines. And his last show is coming up this Friday. Uh, bittersweet for everybody. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. I know Andrew loves that show, loves those guys, would love to stick around and be on that show forever. But he's got a, a family to support. And uh, kind of uh, unfortunate that he's going to have to go find something else. And 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 I'm 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 hoping that someday, some way, we can reunite those guys down the road. It'd be pretty epic. I, Andrew's I been such a huge part of that show. Like well, Andrew, like just, Van Wink is with our show, but like yeah, think of Van Wink like 15 years down the road on this show. Like that's how important Andrew is to Murph and Andy. What people don't understand about Downs is the behind-the-scenes stuff that nobody gets to see. Like right. They only hear him from 1 to 3 every day. Well, just think about each show. Monday when when they come in after a, a football or basketball game and all of the highlights that he puts together from the Iowa and Iowa State games from the previous weekend and the time that takes to put together. Yeah. and I mean, just that. And I'm telling you, man, the uh, the board operating and like managing these part-time guys who are always just there for six weeks and then leave, mm-hmm. you know, and it, it's a really hard industry. And trust me, I've been there, but I and I didn't have to do all the shit that Andrew had to put up with from you know the corporate side of things. So I, I'm really happy for him. Uh, I will absolutely miss hearing him. Because I'm like you, I listen to that show every day, but uh, love him. I think he's going to find that he's going to be able to make a lot more money and probably not have to work as hard <laughs> when he finds his next gig. All right, we got to get so out of here. Cheers to Andrew Downs. I got to get to a 930. Uh, Did Chris, we I- even talk about the Iowa Northwestern game? No. Oh, we make a pick really fast. Okay. God, Jesus. Oh, what? What's, what? Get us a live line right now. Uh, Van Wink, what's the total at? Are we? Circa, are we I think had it at six. I think it was five last I saw. Well, I'm more Double interested check. in the in the total, which was at twenty nine and a half earlier this week, which would be the lowest ever. It is at Iowa minus five. The over under is at thirty one on Circa. You know oh. what? I think I think Kirk Ferentz is going to pull a fast one this week. I think because of what happened, it's going to rally the team. I think Iowa is going to score in the 20s and win this game comfortably. I'll take Iowa 9 to 6. (laughs) 
You really you're not buying into the the, the bump. No, the Brian. I mean, what is he going to do? Deacon Hill's the quarterback. What are they going to do? Like, <laughs> what's the rabbit? Where is this coming from? Where is that is know. a good point. Like, even if <laughs> all even right, we're going to go five says, Yeah, it's still Deacon Hill taking the snaps. All right, the dump truck. Let's see it. Let's wing it. Okay. <laughs> You're He's going to complete right. 36% of his passes. Like, I mean, the guys at Northwestern are trying to win too, you know? Like, it's not. <laughs> if, if if Kirk Ferentz could pull a rabbit out of his hat, but in order to do that, he would have to go to a different quarterback. He would have to bring in Joey Lagos. All right, get out of here. Thank Who's you. He's apparently just a stump. No, he's, he's missing a, his arms and legs. He's screwing around in practice. We figured it out. He's horsing around. He's not paying attention. He's getting the other kids in trouble. Mouthing off. Two guys named Chris were presented by Fairway. Oh, as Simon, as Simon reminds us, it's on the cock, too. Yeah, it's on it's on Peacock. Iowa State's on ESPN. I'm sure Bloom will let us know. Hey, maybe Have he can great- sell the uh, maybe he can sell the Amish glider this weekend. Have a great weekend, everybody. Appreciate it. Iowa everywhere.